listening to the official podcast of Oasis Community Church, where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything's possible. If you'd like to learn more about Oasis, request prayer, or get in touch with a pastor, visit our website at oasischurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, everyone. Almost 2,000 years ago, as the story goes, a group of sleepy shepherds were watching over their sheep on a star-brightened hillside in Palestine. It was a still and uneventful night. Suddenly, the darkness was filled with a strange light. The stillness was broken by angel voices singing, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace and goodwill to all. So begins Christmas, the most beautiful and meaningful celebration on the Christian calendar. Christmas is actually preceded by Advent, a season which begins today. Both Advent and Christmas have a long history. These seasons and their customs have developed through many centuries and in many countries. Old customs and observances are refined, renewed, replaced, and new ones are added. Some of our customs have pagan origins and have been redeemed or converted by redefining their meanings. What is significant for us is not so much what they, must, what they once may have meant, but, whether, but rather what they mean for us today. We remind ourselves that all goodness is God's goodness, all truth is God's truth, and all beauty is God's beauty. This morning, our church building will begin to wear its Advent and Christmas apparel. For the first time, our Christmas tree stands here in the auditorium. This day, for the first time, its light will shine for us. As we prepare for the birth of the Christ child by preparing this sanctuary, we we make ready ourselves and the sanctuary of our own hearts. We are mindful that although it is not yet Christmas, It will be here soon, very soon. So as we decorate the church, not only will we we explain the history of the symbols of this special season, but we will rededicate these symbols and ourselves to the service of God. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. Have you ever wondered why we talk about the hanging of the greens? Or why an evergreen is called an evergreen? Why are Christmas greens traditionally used to emphasize the nativity? The color green represents renewal, new life, freshness, and rebirth. Plants such as a pine, fir, holly, ivy, and mistletoe are called evergreens because they do not die. Through the seasons of the year, they remain evergreen, ever alive. It is no wonder then that we deck our auditorium and homes with evergreens during this Advent season. 
Advent is the season of preparation for the ever-coming Christ, God's gift to us of renewal and transformation. Because the needles of the pine and fir trees appear not to die each season, the ancients saw them as signs of the things that last forever. Isaiah tells us there will be no end to reign of the Messiah. Therefore, we hang wreaths of evergreens shaped in a circle, which in itself has no end, to signify that the kingdom of God, to which Christ so eloquently testified, is also without end, and is realized wherever truth, justice, and peace prevail. As we hang these evergreens, listen to the lyrics of the old song, O Christmas Tree, and maybe for the first time, hear how it reflects God's unchanging nature. As you see Christmas trees and wreaths throughout the season, may they be a reminder of God's faithfulness. O Christmas tree, O Christmas tree, thy leaves are so unchanging. Not only green when summer's here, but also when tis cold or drear. O Christmas tree, O Christmas tree, thy leaves are so unchanging. O Christmas tree, O Christmas tree, how richly God has been. Thou bidst us true or faithful by thee, and trust in God unchangingly. O Christmas tree, O Christmas tree, how richly God has decked thee. Good morning. Um, before I tell the story of the candy canes, I would like all the children to come down and they can grab a candy cane from the garland and bring it back to their seats. Yeah, you can grab it right here. Yeah, come. <laughs> Got some candy canes here. There's some here. Awesome. Good job. <laughs> All right, so now that you have your candy canes, one of the most popular items that we always see this Christmas is a candy cane. And while it certainly tastes really good, they also have a special meaning to us. There are so many stories about how the candy cane came to be, but the most popular came from a candy cane maker from Indiana. And he wanted to make candy to help remind people of the story of Jesus. So everyone, if you hold your candy cane and you turn it like this, what does it look like? It looks like a J for Jesus, and who was born on Christmas Day. And if you turn it this way, what does it remind you of? A cane, yeah. Who was the first to find out about Jesus? It was his shepherds who were watching the field and their flocks the night um, they were the first watching their flocks that night, and they were able to first hear the story of the angels. This represents the shepherd's crook that they used to herd the sheep. And you also see on here a red stripe, and that reminds us of how much Jesus loves us. Because what's the color of the hearts that we give on Valentine's Day? Exactly. And we also see a white stripe. The white stripe is there because we Christians believe that Jesus came and he took himself as punishment for the bad things that we've done. And he makes us clean on the inside, white as snow. So this year when we eat candy canes, we can be reminded this Christmas that it represents J for Jesus. Awesome. So now I would invite all the elementary, 
elementary school students, they can come in the back to Upstreet with me, or you're also invited to sit with your parents for the remainder of the service. Thank you. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Over the years, the ornaments we hang on the Christmas tree have represented many things. One of the first was that they represented the fruit from the tree of which Adam and Eve ate to remind us of our need for a Savior. This morning, we are going to have them represent who Jesus has been to you this year. There are many things you could say. Yet he could be your counselor, your brother, your mighty God, your peace, your provider, your comforter, your advocate, and your healer. Take a minute to think about who he has been to you. When you have one, you are welcome to come up while staying socially distanced, take your ornament, and remember who Christ has been to you this year. Simply finish the single sentence into the microphone. This year, Jesus has been my blank. Let us show you how it's done. This year, Jesus has been my family's protector. This year, Jesus has been my comforter. This year, Jesus has been my family. The Daltrey Sherman family would like to wish all of our Oasis family happy holidays. This year, Jesus has been to me my Prince of Peace in the, in the midst of a terrible storm. This year, Jesus has been my hope. This year, Jesus has been my encourager. This year, Jesus has been my counselor. Jesus has been my friend. <laughs> Do you want to say something? Jesus has been my friend. This year, Jesus has been my provider. This year, Jesus has been my salvation. This year, Jesus has been my source of peace. This year, Jesus has been my provider. This year, Jesus has been my rest. This year, Jesus has also been my friend. This year, as in every year, a lot of years in the past, Jesus has been my peace. 
This year, Jesus has been the light that leads my pathway. This year, Jesus has been my peace. This year, Jesus has been my protector. This year, Jesus has been my rock and my healer. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Most Christmas greenery reflects European traditions. But one colorful plant, which looks like a flaming star, the poinsettia, is a native to South America. One story of the poinsettia comes to us from Mexico. It tells of a girl named Maria and her little brother Pablo. They were very poor, but always looked forward to the Christmas festival. Each year, a large manger scene was set up in the village church, and the days before Christmas were filled with parades and parties. The two children loved Christmas, but were always saddened because they had no money to buy presents. They especially wished that they could give something to the church for baby Jesus, but they had nothing. One Christmas Eve, Maria and Pablo set out for church to attend the service. On their way, they picked up some weeds growing along the roadside and decided to take them as their gift to the baby Jesus in the manger scene. Of course, the other children teased them when they arrived with their gift, but they said nothing for they knew that they had given what they could. Marie and Pablo began placing the green plants around the manger and miraculously, the green top leaves turned into bright red petals. And soon the manger was surrounded by beautiful star-like flowers, much like the ones we see here today. The people of Mexico and Central America call the brilliant tropical plant the flower of the holy night. The poinsettia is a many-pointed star that has become the symbol of the Star of Bethlehem. As we set out the poinsettias, be reminded that what matters is that you give the best of what you have for Jesus, no matter how much or how little that is. As the children in Mexico and as the Magi, let us bring our very best gift this Advent season. Today, there's multiple ways that you can give. You can give online at oasischurch.org give. You can give in the Church Center app, uh, cash a check in the back, or if there's any other um, ways that you would like to give, you know, speak to the, some of the church leaders. God, we thank you so much for this beautiful Advent season. We pray that we can look inside of our hearts this year, in a, in a very trying year for many, and give what is considered our very best to you. We thank you for these things. In Jesus' name, amen.
Came flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. One of the most heartwarming expressions of Christmas is the Nativity. The Nativity speaks of the mystery of God's wisdom, why God chose to send his Son into our world as a baby of humble birth, born in common surroundings, we don't know. What we do know is that God reached out to all people, including the poor and the wealthy, the simple and the wise, the powerless and the powerful. All who found him knelt in humility before him. Knowing God is possible because Jesus came to us as one of us. Whenever we see a nativity, we find ourselves with Mary and Joseph, with the shepherds and with the wise men bowing before the manger overwhelmed by God's expression of love sent directly to us. St. Francis of Assisi is often credited with the first manger scene about 800 years ago. For the people who could not read, it was an effective visual aid in telling the story of the birth of Jesus. We have such a scene here. As we take in the scene, be reminded that God humbled himself became flesh and dwelt among his creation. Oh 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Candle lighting has been a part of religious worship for centuries. The Hebrews burned candles for eight days as part of their Feast of Lights. Light has been used by many religious groups to symbolize the truth. While the darkness of light has been the universal symbol for evil, since Jesus was called the light of the world in the New Testament, the lighting of candles has become an important part of our Christian worship. As we light candles today, we symbolize the light of the world brings joy and hope. 
He is Emmanuel, God with us, whose transforming power heals the world of sin and evil, war and strife, stress and turmoil, suffering and despair. Jesus embodies hope and help for those held captive by oppression. His ministry guides us to justice, equality, and ultimately personal peace and joy for all through the illumination of his message of the love of God. The Gospel of John speaks of Christ as a true light coming into the world. In commemoration of that coming, many church traditions light candles for the four weeks leading to Christmas and reflect on the coming of Christ. It is significant that the church has always used that language, the advent or coming of Christ, because it speaks to a deep truth. Christ is coming. Christ is always coming, always entering a troubled world, a wounded heart. Each week in Advent, we light a candle to remind us of the peace, hope, joy, and love that are found in the coming Christ child. Today's candle represents peace. It is a symbol of the preparations being made to receive and cradle the Christ child and a symbol of preparation and waiting, expectant peace. As we prepare for the advent of Jesus, the light of the world, we light the Christmas tree. During the season of advent, whenever you see a lighted Christmas tree or a candle, let it call to mind the one who brings light to our darkness healing to brokenness, and peace to all who will receive him. Let us pray. Everlasting Father, in this world filled with darkness, cause your light to shine on us. Live in us by your Spirit, that our lives will produce good fruit to the praise and honor of your Son, Jesus, and our Prince of Peace. Amen. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. For Christmas, this passage from Isaiah reflects the suffering of Jesus on the cross. And, more so, God's transformation of that event into the promise of life. In ancient times, holly and ivy were considered signs of Christ's passion. Their prickly leaves suggested the crown of thorns, the red berries, the blood of the Savior, and the bitter bark, the drink offered to Jesus on the cross. As we come to the table today, may we reflect on the way Jesus lived his life, giving it for us. I love this, this time of year. I love Advent. 
I, Christmas is, is made for me, and I am made for Christmas. I like getting stuff, and I like giving stuff. I like to see the, the, the children's eyes light up as they, as they get their Christmas gifts. And if there ever was a year in my life when I was ready for a new year, this is that year. <laughs> Amen? Like, what I think Christians should be offering the world is peace and hope and joy and love. It's exactly what God offers us. You know, the tribe of Levi in, in ancient Israel was a tribe that didn't have its own land. It wasn't tied geographically to a spot. Manasseh had land. Dan had land. Issachar had land. Judah, Benjamin, right? They're all tied to some geographical location, except for the tribe of Levi. The Levites were the priests, so they represented everyone in all places, in all lands. And in the New Testament, St. Peter calls us a kingdom of priests, which means that what the church is to be is that the church is to be for the world what the Levites were for Israel. We're not tied just to any some particular place. We're not tied to some particular land. We are a kingdom of priests for the world. And as that, we, the church, are to kind of serve the world, to go to God on behalf of the world, to care for the world's needs, to hear their confession, to, to absolve their sins, to offer them what they need. And if, again, if ever the world needed the church, it needs it now. So, the world's still kind of drudging along. And it's not just the U.S., right? It's the whole world that's been gripped by this pandemic and the, and the effects of the pandemic, right? It's not just our public health, which is, is at risk, but it's our economy that's at risk. And it's our, it's our collective psyche that's at risk, right? It's the, it's the effects of isolation and, and, and struggle and the fear that grips us of the future, and so as we start to celebrate Advent, as we go ahead on the Christian calendar and push into a new year, we can lead the way of putting 2020 in the past. We can lead the way of offering peace, which is the candle that was lit today, and hope, which is the candle that will be lit next Sunday, and joy, which is the candle that will be lit the Sunday after that, and love, which will be lit the last Sunday of Advent. And then on New Year's Eve, the Christ candle, as it's lit, and we celebrate the Advent, the coming of Christ. And, and just as Doug said to us a minute ago, the Advent of Christ kind of comes at us in multiple ways. Like, we celebrate Advent because we celebrate the birth of Christ. But we also look forward to what we sometimes call the second advent, right? In the book of Hebrews, it's called the second coming. But as Bernard of Clairvaux told his church, there is yet another coming of Christ. 
Not just the coming of Christ that we celebrate in Advent, his birth, which we uh, can look forward, well, which we look back to, and not just the coming of Christ in the future, which we look forward to, but the coming of Christ that we experience in our lives when Christ comes to us and forgives us of our sins and provides for us peace and hope and joy and love. And that's what we celebrate at the table. We do this, as Paul would say, we do this in remembrance of Christ, right? Do this in remembrance of me, Christ said. But then Paul would also say, do this until the Lord comes. So it's looking both backwards at what Christ has done, and it's looking forward to what Christ will do. But the real beauty in some ways is that we get to celebrate the presence of Christ right here and right now. And it's that coming of Christ, that, that present coming of Christ in the, the body and blood of Christ and the elements and the, and the bread and the wine that is our salvation and that we in turn can then offer to the world, to our neighbors, to our family, to our co-workers or co-students or whoever they may be. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to support us, you can do so by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can leave us a review on iTunes, and if you want to contribute to Oasis financially, you can go to oasischurch.org. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen.